Are you tired of scrolling your feed only to see the highlight reel version of motherhood? If so, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Motherhood Intended Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Baird, and I'm a passionate mom here to support women like you in their unique journeys to and through motherhood. I have been through it all. We're going to be talking about things like trying to conceive, infertility, IVF, surrogacy, mom life, and more. It's time to get real about what it takes to be a mom and come together in the fact that things don't always go as planned. So here we go. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a great weekend. I, for one, am kind of recovering from a night out with friends. Last night, we went into the city with some girlfriends, did dinner and drinks to celebrate my friend getting married soon. It was so much fun. After a week of dealing with sick children and being in the hospital, truthfully, I was like super tired and was barely pulling it together to get out and go out, but I'm so glad I did. I'm always glad I did. You know, like as a parent or not even as a parent, as an adult, like the week can be so exhausting between work and all the other responsibilities. But I've learned time and time again, if I just put on my big girl pants and get out of the house, ugh, it is so refreshing. Like laughter, chatting with other women, just being out of the house, always good for the soul. Highly suggest it. Even if you're having a bad week, even if you're tired, call up a girlfriend, get coffee, get a drink. Even if it's for an hour, you will feel so refreshed. Always make time for your friends. But that being said, I'm a little tired today and yeah, drink a lot of champagne. So here we are, not as young and spry as I once was. (laughs) But today I've been thinking about how I felt when we started trying to conceive and at least for me at the beginning of the year, I always kind of start, that's when I plan, right? A lot of people are this way. Everyone has all these goals in January and grand plans for the year. But along with that, at least for me, was, you know, I always think about our family at the beginning of the year when we were like heavily in the thick of it, trying to conceive for our first child. It's all I could think about. My birthday is also January. So it's always like, a new year, new age, new chapter. So I know a lot of you, if you don't have children yet, or maybe you're trying for baby number two, three, you might be thinking about trying to conceive when you would like to have a child, when you're going to start trying. So I wanted to provide some tips. I have 10 fertility tips to help you conceive in 2023. I'm going to preface this with saying I am not a doctor. This is just my advice based on my experiences and my own research, take it or leave it. We're just going to chat about them. Hopefully it will help you. Even if it's just one of them, maybe there's something here you're not doing and you didn't even think about it. So here I am to help you. 10 helpful tips to help you conceive. I also want to start by saying, don't think you have to do all of these 10 things to get pregnant. (laughs) If you're having difficulty or it's taking longer than you thought, or if you just want to make sure that your health you're like in optimal health, this will be helpful. But don't take these 10 tips and be like, oh my God, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this in order to have a baby, in order to get pregnant. No, honestly, that's just going to stress you out and that's not going to be helpful. So take it with a grain of salt. (laughs) My first tip is don't complicate like the timing of intimacy. Don't have your husband try and save up sperm for several days or have sex multiple times a day. I mean, you can if you want, but like, don't think you have to do that during ovulation. Believe it or not, that's actually not going to increase your chances of success. So I was told this by my doctor and all the other research I've done. You should aim to have sex every other day during your fertile window. 
So don't save it up for four days and then have sex and think your husband's going to have like extra sperm and you're just going to increase your chances of getting pregnant. Not how it works. So don't complicate things. Just every other day during your fertile window, which is like six days, and, and that's all you can do. My second tip would be make sure you're getting enough sleep. You know, life gets busy, work, their kids, if you have them, the lack of sleep, as we all know, can harm your health in many ways. And that includes your fertility. So your physical health, your mental health, and your reproductive health can all be affected by your lack of sleep. So definitely try and prioritize at least seven hours a night. Obviously aiming for eight would be better, but sleep is important for your overall health. My third tip would be learn a bit more about your BMI. So if you don't know, your BMI is your body mass index, and it's a number that's calculated using your height and weight, and it's just used as an indicator if you have any weight issues. Extra weight can cause hormonal shifts, and that can affect your ovulation and semen production, which will make achieving a pregnancy more difficult. So being in a healthy weight range can only benefit your fertility. Also, being underweight can cause irregular or absent periods. It can mess with your ovulation. So a BMI under 20 is considered underweight. 20 to 25 is like the ideal range. And then anything over 30 is considered obese. I think I when I was calculating mine, it said like overweight. I think it was underweight, normal, overweight, and obese. Just be prepared that like you could look great and feel great and might fall in the overweight category. Like it's just to give you like an idea of your optimal weight for being your healthiest self. And you can just Google like BMI calculator to figure that out. Along with that, my next tip would be set a small weight goal. So studies show that losing as little as 10% of your body weight can significantly improve fertility potential in anyone who's overweight. It'll help you ovulate more regularly. And then if you're underweight, definitely aim to add weight for an ideal BMI score because like I just mentioned, all of this can affect your overall health and fertility. This next tip I have for you is a hard one for me, at least with little kids in the house. We're trying to do better with this, but my tip is to avoid processed foods. I think that's just like a health tip overall. And it's hard to do, right? Because you're in today's world, everyone's like rushed and busy and it's just easier to grab something, reach for a stack of crackers, grab a burger, like whatever is at your fingertips. I think in general, at least in my circle of friends and people I know, people are trying to live a healthier life and eat better. You know, we just have a lot more knowledge now. I know like for our house, I am trying to do my best with starting to phase out some of the regular snacks that my kids are eating and bring in some healthier options. At three and five, they are, they're pretty picky eaters, especially my three-year-old. Oh my goodness. He has like working with like five foods that he'll eat. And it's, I'm always trying to hide veggies and fruits and things and, and muffins and pasta sauce and whatever I can do to get some veggies in them is what we're working with. But their snacks are the one thing that's like, oh, these processed foods. And I'm learning a lot about all the different dyes that they put in food and how it can affect behavior and just, oh my goodness, it's a little overwhelming. It literally feels like you can't eat anything unless you know it's a whole food, which ideally would be great, but life doesn't always work that way and you need convenient things. So my fifth tip is just try to avoid processed foods. Basically, if it's anything that you're buying, ready to eat out of a box or a bag, it's processed. So a better idea would be to cook like large batch meals. Things like veggie pack soups or sheet pan dinners are really easy and make more so they can double as like lunch or leftovers, especially if you already have kids, like work smarter, not harder. I've learned this the hard way. When we first got married and even when we had 
the kids and they were younger. You know, I'm like making these Pinterest dinners every night because I do. I love I love to cook. It's relaxing to me, or at least it used to be. Now I'm just like, okay, how can we eat healthy the easiest way possible? And I'm not cooking a meal every night. So sheet pan dinners are great. I know everyone's into their, I don't think Instapots are as popular anymore, but like air fryers, slow cookers, all the things, whatever you can do to simplify things and eat food that's packed with fruits and veggies and protein, that's the way to go. Because a diet that's enriched with like lean protein, like salmon and veggies and fruit and whole grains is always a great way to go. Not only just for your reproductive health, but your overall health too. So number six, and this one seems obvious, but quit smoking. If you're a smoker, quit smoking. I know it's probably hard to quit. I can't relate. I never was a smoker, but it's one of the most harmful habits out there. Now, obviously not only for your overall health, but it really affects your fertility. It harms both men and women. Just try and quit smoking. I I mean, you can do it with support of your friends, partner groups. There's different programs, I'm sure, but it's just not great for your fertility. My seventh tip would be, and I did not know this when we started trying to conceive, but if you are using any kind of lube, make sure it's a fertility-friendly lube. So most drugstores or wherever you get that, they're like water-based lubricants, um, and they can actually inhibit sperm movement by 60 to 100% within an hour of sex. You think it's helping? It's it's not. You got to make sure you're using a fertility-friendly lubricant, like Preseed is one that can help you, or just like opt for like natural oils or oil-based lubricants because yeah, the normal stuff that you see at the store is not going to help sperm if you're trying to get pregnant. My next tip would be to not overdo your caffeine intake. Obviously, when the workdays are long, it's super easy to reach for another cup of coffee or energy drink or something like that, snack on some chocolate. But too much caffeine can definitely affect your reproductive health. And it increased the risk of pregnancy loss too. So if you are pregnant, definitely make sure you keep your caffeine intake down. From what I read, they usually say aim for no more than 200 milligrams a day, which is like two cups of coffee. So obviously, if you're getting your Starbucks and you're getting a venti, like you might need to scale back a little bit. This next tip is an important one. If you're trying to conceive, talk to a doctor. They say if you've been trying to conceive for 12 months and you're under the age of 35, if you've been trying to conceive for six months and 35 and older, don't be afraid to schedule a consultation with either your OB or fertility doctor just to come up with a plan for evaluation or treatment. That's what they say, six months, 12 months based on your age, but you know your body you know, and I've always just felt like no information is bad. Like all information is good. The more informed you are, the more information you have. And I'm happy I listened to my body because I was younger than 35 when we started trying to conceive. And after six months, I was like, I just, something's not right. Like it shouldn't be taking this long. I've always kind of been skeptical of my body in that department just because of how horrible my periods were. And just, I've had polyps and things like that. So like, you know, your body don't, you don't have to wait the six to 12 months. And truthfully, nobody knows. (laughs) No one's at your house in your bedroom. No one knows how long you've been trying. So just trust your gut and don't be afraid to talk to a doctor and schedule a consult. It's super easy. The first initial testing, it's a blood test and ultrasound, and it can tell you a lot of information. It could let you know that your egg count is great, or maybe it's not. It could let you know, like for me, like my thyroid levels were off a little bit, which can affect becoming pregnant. Don't be afraid call your OB, get referred to a fertility doctor, just see what's going on because it can only help you. The information you'll receive will just give you a better idea of your plan going forward. Maybe nothing's wrong. You just got to keep at it. Just keep trying. It can take up to a year, get pregnant. That's just a fact. Or maybe you realize that some level's off and it's an easy fix. Go on a medication for your thyroid or scale back your caffeine, or maybe it's your husband. Let's not forget it takes two to get pregnant. 
Maybe your husband's sperm count is off. Maybe the mobility or the shape of his sperm. You can learn a lot by a simple test. For guys, honestly, it's an easy fix. They can go on vitamins and supplements, or maybe they're just going in a sauna too much, or, you know, whatever it is. Usually with the man, there's ways to fix it within three months of just changing some habits. So definitely don't be afraid to talk to a doctor. My last and final tip for trying to conceive would definitely be to seek support. Because trying for a baby is fun, right? Until it isn't. (laughs) Until it isn't. Until you're trying and trying and trying. It's not fun anymore. Infertility is hard. It's really normal to feel isolated and confused and sad and angry and all the other emotions. Sometimes, you know, our partners and friends and family, they just can't give us what we need. Not everyone can understand what you're going through if they haven't been through it themselves. And oftentimes, people closest to you, they want to help you because they love you, but the advice isn't always great. People love to say, just calm down, just relax, go on vacation, you'll get pregnant, go out for drinks, then it'll be fine. Yeah, not helpful when it's not happening, especially month after month after month. So feel free. You can always reach out to me. Our motherhood intended community group is a great spot for that. I know there are so many moms in there who have been through whatever you might be going through. And I'm always here to answer questions. I hope with each episode, you're learning a little bit more about fertility and motherhood, but definitely seek support because it should be a happy time, right? You're trying to start a family. You're trying to grow your family. It shouldn't be stressful and isolating. You need to be talking about these things more. It's only going to help to know that you're not alone. So I hope these tips are helpful if you are trying to conceive this year, whether it's your first child or you're trying for a sibling. I hope you'll take these things into consideration. Like I said, don't overthink it. Don't feel like you have to do all of them, but they're all just tips to help you be healthy overall and achieve a pregnancy. For those of you who aren't trying to conceive this year, maybe you already have kids, maybe your family's complete, or maybe you're just not there yet. I wanted to talk about some things not to say for those people in your life who are trying to conceive and maybe experiencing infertility. If you haven't been through it, you won't know what to say, right? You won't know maybe how to support somebody who is going through infertility. So here are some things maybe not to say. Don't tell your infertile friend to relax. (laughs) Comments such as like, just relax, creates actually even more stress for an infertile couple, especially the woman. For someone who's been through infertility, you kind of feel like you're doing something wrong when really there's a good chance that there's a physical problem preventing you from becoming pregnant. So don't tell your friend who's trying to conceive and having a hard time, don't tell them to relax. Also, don't minimize the problem. Failing to conceive a baby is a pretty painful journey. Comments like, just enjoy being able to sleep late, travel while you can. Like, it's actually not comforting. (laughs) Um, It just makes infertile people feel like you're minimizing their pain. They obviously want to be in this season in their life. They want children. So it's actually not that fun thinking about how, oh, I get to travel now. I'll just sleep in because I can. Like, they are trying so hard for a baby. They don't care about the sleepless nights. Like, they want this part of life. Also, don't say there are worse things that can happen. Yikes. Who even decides what the worst thing is that can happen to someone? Everyone experiences different things in life in different ways. So just maybe don't say it's not the worst thing because to someone, it is the worst thing. It's devastating. This one hurts my ears, but you would be surprised what people say. Don't tell your infertile friend, family member, whoever it is in your life that is going through infertility, don't say they're not meant to be parents. Oh, it's just not meant to be. 
Yikes. That is like one of the cruelest things you could ever say. Maybe God doesn't intend for you to be a mother. Mm, That one hurts. Don't do that. Infertility is a medical condition. It's like not a punishment from God or mother nature or whatever. It's a condition. It's a medical condition. (laughs) And definitely don't ask someone when they are trying, like, why aren't you doing IVF? Why aren't you doing IVF? IVF is a big deal. Most insurance plans don't cover IVF. And there are many people who just can't pay out of pocket for these expenses. It's a lot. Also, infertility is just so stressful physically, emotionally, and definitely financially. So don't ask someone why they're not just trying IVF. Why don't you just do IVF? It's not for everyone, first of all. That's a personal choice. And it's not feasible for a lot of people too. It involves a lot with your body, your mind, and your money. So don't think that that's like an easy solution. And along with that, don't push adoption or honestly any other solution. So often infertile couples are asked, well, why don't you just adopt? Typically a couple needs to work through many issues before they will be ready to make an adoption decision or choose another family building option. That's not what most people envisioned. And for some people it is. Some people know that they just have always wanted to adopt a child, which is so beautiful, but that's not everyone's path. And someone who is actively trying to conceive and is experiencing infertility that's not their goal, right? They're not there yet. And maybe they will be. Maybe they will decide that that's best for them to adopt, but it's not for everyone. So don't push it as an easy option or like a solution. Another one that's really hard to hear is when people say, oh, you're young. You have plenty of time to get pregnant. Know the facts. It's recommended that women under 35 see a fertility specialist after being unable to conceive for a year. That's what they say. I've also mentioned you don't have to wait that long. Being young does increase your chance of fertility treatments working, but it doesn't guarantee success. And honestly, neither does IVF. I've known women to go through multiple, multiple rounds of IVF and still not have a child. Everyone has their own journey. So not everyone has plenty of time to get pregnant. Unfortunately, as women, we are constantly trying to race the clock because statistics just skyrocket once you turn 35. Pregnancy becomes riskier. All these things, once you get into your late 30s, come up. And yeah, even if you are young, like you, you're already stressed about a timeline as a woman, you know, if you're trying for so long that you'll probably have to seek fertility treatments and then they might not work. So just be careful when you tell someone you're young, you have plenty of time to get pregnant. I know it's probably coming from a place of like, don't worry, don't stress. I'm here to help you and you've got time, but it's just not helpful. And this should be an obvious one, but definitely don't gossip about your friend's condition and her infertility. For some people, infertility treatments are a very private matter. So definitely respect your friend's privacy if they're going through this. I think it's safe to say if they're talking about it, obviously out loud themselves, then they're okay with sharing what they're going through. But I know for me, when we started seeing a fertility doctor and just started the process, I was not like running around telling everybody that, oh yeah, we're doing an IUI and I'm on meds and we're just trying to get pregnant with, it's not like the way you thought things would happen. And again, a lot of times as the woman, you feel like something's wrong with you because you're not able to get pregnant a natural way. So don't talk about it unless your friend is open about their infertility. This next tip is probably more for the guys, but Like, don't be crude. Don't make crude jokes about your friend's vulnerable position that they're in. Comments like, I'll donate sperm or make sure the doctor uses your sperm for the insemination. They're not funny. (laughs) And honestly, they only will irritate your friends. There's been jokes that have happened in my life where people are like, oh, did they switch the sperm at the, you know, and I'm, 
I am one to poke fun and make jokes. That's just how I deal with things about myself. I would never say that to somebody else. But in general, just don't. Don't say like, what do you want, my kids? Like, like, honestly, they'd be like, yes, (laughs) I would love kids. So don't try and pawn yours off. Just be grateful that you have them. So just don't be rude. (laughs) Another big one that's hard for someone who's going through infertility is if you are pregnant and your friend is facing infertility, don't complain about your pregnancy at least in front of this person, if you know they're struggling with infertility, right? Like you are, everyone's feelings are valid and you should be allowed to complain if you're uncomfortable. And maybe you don't know your friend is going through infertility. You only know if they share, but if you are aware that your friend is experiencing infertility, you know, that friend, it can be hard to be around other people who are pregnant and it's not personal. It's just where they're at. Um, Seeing your belly grow is just like a constant reminder to your infertile friend what they can't have. So not complaining can just make things a little easier for your friend who's trying to get pregnant. And this one is very valid too. Don't question your infertile friend's sadness about being unable to conceive a second child. So having one child does not mean a couple feels that they have completed their family. Like it's amazing that they've had a child, but only that couple knows when their family is complete. And there is such thing as secondary infertility. Maybe the couple has had their first child naturally, but now are experiencing infertility. That's secondary infertility, which is infertility that comes after you've already had a child. And it happens. It happens. My mom had me and my sister naturally and then needed some fertility help to have my brothers. So secondary infertility is real. Don't assume that someone who already has a child or two isn't struggling to have another child or that their feelings and sadness isn't valid. I've struggled with this too, oftentimes feeling like I'm not like worthy of a lot of things and I should just be grateful that I have two children and, and it makes it, it just makes it difficult. Cause like in my heart and my husband's heart, we know our family's not complete. And so, and we're willing to do different avenues to try and have another child and other people might not understand that, but I know now, like I'm allowed to be sad about being unable to have another child, even though I already have two. So just be aware of that and don't question your friend's sadness. Like everyone's feelings are valid, honestly, in any situation. So let them feel their feels and definitely don't ask whose fault it is. Like, is it male or female factor infertility that because just a friend has told you that, you know, he or she is experiencing infertility as a couple doesn't mean they want to like discuss all the details of it. This happens a lot with when it's an issue with sperm or the man's health, you know, guys aren't at least from what I've noticed, aren't as open about talking about that as a woman might be. And that's just from my observation. It could definitely go either way. Like a woman can be more private about her fertility and a man can be all talking to everyone on the street about it. I don't know. But the point is, is don't ask whose fault it is. Not only is it like a horrible thing to say, it's no one's fault. It's just like, it's, it's a medical thing. It is what it is, right? It's no one's fault. No one did this on purpose. And along with that, just don't assume that infertility is female factor. One-third of infertility is female factor, one-third is male factor, and honestly, one-third is unexplained. So it's not just the woman's issue of not being able to get pregnant. As we know, it takes two. So there are plenty of things that can go wrong on the male side, just as there are with the female side. And sadly, yeah, one-third is unexplained infertility. And that one's a hard one. We dealt with that. Our journey started with fixing my thyroid levels, and then unblocking a fallopian tube that had polyps. But then even after that, 
Everything else was assumed to be normal based on testing with both of our health. And we still couldn't get pregnant. They just didn't really, they did not have a direct answer for us. Like, oh, it's endometriosis or you have PCOS or his sperm counts low. No, everything, all the boxes were checked and they couldn't figure it out. So we were unexplained infertility. So one of my goals with this podcast is always just to educate people based on my own experiences, my own research. Again, I'm not a medical professional. This is simply just one woman trying to support other women on the journey to motherhood and beyond. So I hope the 10 tips for trying to conceive are helpful. If you're not trying to conceive, I hope kind of shining a light on things not to say to someone who's experiencing infertility will just help you be a little more kind towards anyone in your life that you know might be experiencing this. And honestly, or you can understand another person's experiences, the more you can help them and you never know what kind of a position you're going to be in one day. So I wanted to talk a little bit about things you can say and do for someone in your life who is experiencing infertility. I am lucky enough. I truthfully have the best family and friends. I don't know how they knew how to support me or what to do over the years, but I have always had people in my corner and Josh's like supporting us as we try to have a family and grow our family. So one of the best things that you can do for the person in your life that is experiencing infertility is just let them know that you care. Let them know that you're there for them and that you care. And do your research, right? Read up on infertility and possible treatments or other family building options that they're considering just so you're informed when your friend needs to talk. Don't do your research to offer up solutions, but just so you can support them and be there if they need to talk things out. And also, if they're talking about infertility, act interested. Some people want to talk about it, some don't, but let them know you're available if they do want to talk. Fertility can be super isolating. And the other goal of this podcast is to just start talking about these things, right? No one should have to go month after month after month seeing negative pregnancy tests and not being open about it. It's nothing you did wrong. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And the more you talk about it, the more support you can receive. Ask your friend what they may need. Likely, they'll be like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, it's all good, or whatever. But also just, they might appreciate if you just ask, what's the most helpful things to say? Which is why I'm hoping this episode will be helpful in communicating with someone that you know is going through infertility because it's one of those situations you don't know what to say, right? And that's no one's fault. If you haven't experienced this, helping someone else through it, it is hard, but you wanna be there for them. So just ask, ask your friend, what's the most helpful thing for me to say during this? This one goes unnoticed a lot, but make sure to provide like extra outreach to your male friends. So like I mentioned, infertility is not a woman-centric issue. Your guy friends are most likely grieving silently. I mean, don't push them, but let them know that you're available to talk. I myself watched my husband go through this and everyone's asking me about the treatments and even when we experience miscarriage and yes, I'm going through it physically, but my husband is grieving as well. My husband is stressed as well. It takes both of us to have a child and this is his story too. So don't forget about the males in your life when it comes to infertility because likely they're struggling silently and that doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help their mental health. It definitely doesn't help their relationship feeling alone and trying to support their wife. So don't forget about your guy friends. Other one and only when appropriate is encourage therapy. If you have a friend that could benefit from talking to a professional to deal with their grief or their infertility and the stress that they're experiencing, you can gently suggest therapy, I would say. 
if you're someone who goes to therapy regularly, if you ever have, share your story. Because I've realized that it's getting better, but that used to be very taboo too. Like, oh, you're in therapy. It's like something either has to be wrong with you. You're dealing with like a childhood trauma. It doesn't have to be that extreme. Anyone can benefit from therapy. It is just nice to talk to a professional, especially when you're navigating something really hard like infertility. So if you have any knowledge on therapy or if you've gone yourself, like maybe just gently encourage it to your friend. Just explain how helpful it was to you and you never know. They might take the suggestion and it can really help them. I would also say that everyone has their own journey when trying to conceive and going through infertility and fertility treatments. If your friends decide that they want to stop treatment, support their decision. Like no couple can endure infertility treatments forever. If it doesn't work, at some point they're going to stop. And that is a hard decision to make. It involves even more grief than you might realize. My husband and I didn't always know what the next step looked like. And we've had to kind of grieve each step along the way. Like, okay, you know what? We can't get pregnant on our own. So we're just going to put that aside and move on to the next. Then we did IUIs. That wasn't working. In the meantime, obviously, we're experiencing our miscarriages. Then when we went on to IVF, we kind of had to grieve the rest of that process was over. And, and this is how we have to try and get pregnant. And then even after that, I had to grieve the fact that I'm not going to carry my own child. Like it's not safe after losing our daughter, Marin. And then once we decided surrogacy, you know, we have decided that I won't go through IVF again. We're going to work with the embryos that we have. And if it doesn't work out with a surrogate, then that's where our road ends, at least with our own genetic child. That's where it ends. So if your friends decide to stop a treatment, just support them. That's a hard choice to make. And obviously they didn't get the outcome that they wanted. So just give them support because that's just really tough. This next piece of advice, it, it floored me how many friends in my life did this. One, I was struggling with infertility, especially after my twin miscarriage, our daughter, Charlotte, Cecilia. The Mother's Day that followed that was really hard. And honestly, even before I got pregnant with them, that Mother's Day was hard too because we were trying so hard. We were already going through fertility treatments and I still wasn't a mom. So just remember your friends on Mother's Day and Father's Day. With all the activity that goes on on that holiday, people tend to forget about those who can't become mothers and fathers. So just remember your infertile friends on these days. I promise you, they will appreciate knowing that you haven't forgotten them. I remember receiving so many texts, not so much before I ever was pregnant when we were struggling with infertility. And a lot of that was just because we weren't as open with it then. Um, you know, I think my mom always knew it was a sensitive day for me because she knew how bad I wanted to be a mom. But after we lost Charlotte and Cecilia, the amount of friends that wished me a happy Mother's Day, I tell you, it meant the world. I mean, it made me feel... Like I, I mean, I am a mom, you know, it, it honored my daughters and truthfully, it gave me hope that I have people in my corner and one day I will have a child on earth to celebrate being mom on mother's day. And you know, I did, I have my boys now. So even a little text will go such a long way on those heavy days for your infertile friends. And don't forget about the dads too. Father's day. When a couple is trying to conceive, the dad wants it just as much. So don't forget about the dudes in your life especially on Father's Day. Another thing that's 
could be helpful to someone, you know, going through infertility is to attend like the difficult appointments with them. If they don't have anyone, maybe because again, trying to fit in these appointments when you're working and just trying to do everything else in life, it's it's hard. So oftentimes the partner might have to be at work and they have to go to this appointment. So if you're able to go with them, offer to stay in the waiting room or just come to the appointment with them. But just the offer lets them know how committed you are to supporting them. Like my mom was always at my appointments with me when Josh couldn't be. And that was so helpful. It's a lot to do on your own. And some of those appointments, you just, you don't know how they're going to go, right? You don't know what kind of news you're going to get. It will show the person in your life who's experiencing this, that you're just there to support them. Even if you're just sitting in the waiting room, it'll mean a lot. And for those of your friends who already have kids and are dealing with fertility treatments, offer to watch their older kids. Attending appointments, like I said, can be difficult because you've got kids already at home. Maybe you're working. It's a lot to juggle. And these appointments with fertility often are very timed, have to happen on certain days. So just let them know you're there for them. You can watch their kids while they need to go to whatever appointment they need to go to. And oftentimes too, it's like the husband and wife would like to be there together. So having someone to watch the other kids at home is helpful. Another piece of advice that I didn't know I needed, but it was offered and I loved it. It was my mom offered to be like basically like my exercise buddy because sometimes losing weight is necessary to make treatments more effective. If you know your friend's trying to lose weight, just offer to join them because it would help you achieve your personal fitness goals as well. When my mom joined me, we were doing a bar class for a while and that was after my miscarriages and I wasn't trying to lose weight, but I needed something for my mental health and accountability. I like needed to be pulled out of my rut. And we attended that class, I don't know if it was weekly or twice a week for a while. And man, was that helpful knowing that like I had someone to go with and she was counting on me. We both decided, so we have to show up. It obviously is good for your physical health, but my mental health really reaped the rewards as well. And I, I mean, I just remember after the first class, I think walking to the car, I like broke down crying to my mom. I'm just like, I just don't know what to do. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I mean, I was severely depressed and I didn't know what I needed. It was my, I think it was my mom who said, well, I'll, I'll go with you. Let's do the bar class. Let's do a bar class. And I didn't know that I needed something as little as that to just start to pull me out of the depression I was in after my miscarriages. So offer to be an exercise buddy. It'll be beneficial for everyone and honestly, just something else positive for your friend to focus on about their body because that was the other thing. Like I hated my body. I was mad at my body for not being able to carry these pregnancies and I was just – it could have gone one of two ways. I could have just like really been mean to my body and not been healthy or try and support my body and exercise was great. I also would suggest if you – are a mom already and you're looking to improve your health, whether you're trying to conceive or not, look up Fit for Mom. That's F-I-T, the number four mom. They have communities all over the place. I'm in my local Fit for Mom and it is classes for moms, whether you're pregnant or not pregnant. There's all different kinds of classes. Um, they're like hit classes, bar classes. There's a run club. There's so many different things, but you get so much more than a workout. You get accountability. You get friendships, support, mom friends. Like the kids get play dates, mom's night out. It's a, it's a whole community and it helped me so much, especially coming off the pandemic to have 
people holding me accountable for my health and just being there to support you throughout motherhood. So I can't say enough great things about Fit for Mom. Look it up, find one that's close to you and consider joining if you are a mom or are pregnant. It is an awesome community. And those women were there for me when I experienced stillbirth too. I mean, I had the two little ones at home. I lost Marin and it was, man, it was devastating. I was in a like a workout class that was for pregnant moms. And, and then I had to, and then I had to tell everybody that, you know, she was stillborn and it was devastating. And I couldn't have gotten through it with all of those women being so supportive in class and out of class The texts I received. And, um, it's just amazing. So take my word for it. Look up fit for mom, consider joining one near you. The last piece of advice that I'm going to give in regards to supporting a friend who's going through infertility would be that if you yourself are pregnant, let them know about your pregnancy, but deliver the news in a way that lets them handle their initial reaction privately. This is a tough one, right? Because unless you've been through it, you might not know how your infertile friend is feeling. And obviously they mean a lot to you and you're excited, you're pregnant. You just want to shout it to the rooftops and tell your friend, but keep their feelings in mind if you can. And honestly, if you let them know in an email or a text or somewhere where they can react privately, I know that they would appreciate it. There's nothing harder than not giving the appropriate reaction to someone that you love who is sharing amazing news. And it's not because you're not happy for them, but you are just so unhappy about your own situation. And it feels weird to give like a fake, like, oh my gosh, like you're pregnant. When like inside you're like, oh my gosh, another person is pregnant and it's not me. It might sound selfish, but it's just, it's pretty soul crushing when you are hearing people in your life becoming pregnant and having babies and it's all you can think about and it's just not happening for you. Of course, let them know, but maybe consider delivering the news in a way where they can react privately. I'd also say, try not to be offended if a friend of yours, say you are pregnant, doesn't want to attend, or if you have children and your friend doesn't and they're going through infertility, don't be offended if they don't want to attend things like a baby shower, your child's first birthday. Of course, these are important, exciting things for you, and I know you would want them there, but it can be really hard to attend these things. Whether you're experiencing infertility or a loss, it's heavy. It's heavy being in that room, especially, you know, I've experienced people in my life who've been pregnant at the same time as me, and then I had a miscarriage or I had a stillbirth and they didn't. So, which thank God, I would never wish that on anyone. But the point is, is you're constantly looking at that child thinking like, wow, my child should be turning one right now. My child should be going to kindergarten. Like pregnancy loss coupled with infertility is like a whole another layer of grief and difficulty. So just try to be gentle when sharing any kind of news related to pregnancy, kids, for your friends who don't have children yet and are trying very hard. It's not personal. It's just that debilitating for them to say attend a baby shower when that's all they want for themselves. So don't take it personally. Just know that they're kind of in survival mode at this point when you're going through infertility and especially if you're going through it for a long time. Just be gentle. 
All right. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope this episode was helpful for those of you planning to try to conceive in 2023. I hope these give you some helpful tips on how to be the healthiest version of yourself to help achieve that. And of course, never be afraid to reach out to your doctor, create a plan. It'll feel so good just to have information and trust your gut. You know your body best. So if these tips don't work for you, forget it. (laughs) Take the ones that are helpful, apply them to your life, and talk to your doctor about what's best for you in trying to achieve pregnancy. If becoming pregnant isn't on your plans this year, hopefully you've learned some things about how you can support a friend who is trying to conceive, especially those experiencing infertility. There's so many things that you can just do and say to show your support for a friend who is experiencing this. And I will say, I don't think I could have gotten through years and years of infertility and loss without the help and support of my friends and family. So take it from me. All this advice that I shared is tried and true. These are things that people have said or not said and done. And man, it got me through some pretty hard years. So things to keep in mind to support those that you love and some tips to help you achieve pregnancy this year. If you have any questions about the things I mentioned in this episode, you can send me a DM on Instagram or even better, join our Facebook community. It's Motherhood Intended Community. It's a closed group on Facebook, and it is a great space for asking any kind of questions or discussing any of the topics that I mentioned in the podcast episodes. There are women in all phases of motherhood and different spots in their journeys, and everyone has a unique story. So there's somebody in the over 350 people that we now have in that group that knows what you're going through or can provide advice, or honestly, everyone is also there for you to vent. Lots of listening ears and understanding ears. Join the group. I will link it in the show notes. I am also in the process of creating some helpful resources that will launch later this year. Everything from guides to courses to support groups to, I don't know what we're going to call them yet, but like pods where people going through, say, a cycle of IVF can join and support each other. People trying to conceive in a certain month. People who are trying for their second child. We're going to create these individual support groups and it's going to be so helpful because you'll be paired with women in a group who are going through exactly what you're going through. So stay tuned for that. And then, yeah, I have courses in the works as well. Everything from trying to conceive, navigating IVF, loss, surrogacy, all the different topics I'm working on creating helpful resources that is going to be there for you in all phases of motherhood. I also will be bringing on some specialists onto the podcast that can talk about some of these topics further in depth. Like I said, I'm not a medical professional. This is just all my opinion and I'm speaking from experience, but I do have people that we're going to have on the podcast that can speak directly to a lot of these topics. People need to talk about more, but I need your help. If you feel moved to do so, please help support the production of this podcast. It takes a lot of time to record and edit and create all these communities and materials that is all there to support you. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast in any way at all, there is a link in the show notes and there's also a link on the Instagram account at motherhood underscore intended. All of your donations go right into the production of the podcast and will help us to grow this community, get even more guests on the show and just help women not feel alone in all their experiences to motherhood and beyond. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to tune in on Thursday. I'm going to be chatting with my sister who is going to share her story as a mom 
to my nephew who's about to be three. It's a fun episode. I love that I got the opportunity to chat with my sister about all things motherhood. We chat mom stuff in passing, but it was so nice and truthfully as moms to have an hour uninterrupted of talking with each other. So you'll definitely want to give it a listen. That'll be on Thursday. I hope everyone has a great start to their week and I will chat with you then.